that stupid. I like Claire put uh, uh, first. The take, take two. <laughs> <laughs> I did it, I swear. <laughs> oh, okay, whenever you're ready. Hi, my name's Sabrina. I work in higher education in outreach, supporting students to access higher education. Um, I am a Black British female living in the UK, and oh cut that bit out and just keep the rest <laughs> we are keeping that bit in <laughs> all right. we have to be very careful about what we say <laughs> no no that was, that was great um okay great yeah thanks for your introduction sabrina uh junina Hello everyone, uh, my name is Giannina. I also work in higher education. I work in the careers department, so I'm all about helping students with employability and finding jobs after graduation. Um, I identify as a proud black British woman. Um, I am daughter to two Trinidadian parents, so I'll be talking from that perspective. Thank you. Awesome, thank you. And Hazel? Hi, I'm Hazel. Um... Uh, based in Korea, I'm a, I teach English as a foreign language here. Um, I'm a white female from the UK. Um, my family are from yeah, England, Scotland, nothing exciting. No, everyone's history is exciting, <laughs> come on. <laughs> um, okay, th thanks for that. Um, so yeah, hi everyone, I'm Claire. <laughs> Um, and I also work in higher education and I have an Asian American background. So we have Sarish with us in, in the background. She may be joining, but she has a very um, important job right now, taking care of her little one. And Adrian is unfortunately sick, but I hope she feels better. So yeah, let's just let's just move along. So let me pop the first question. Um so I know I sent you all this. Oh, let me just move you over. Um, so I thought we could start off with like sharing a beauty object that defined our beauty experience and explaining what beauty meant to us um, when we were young. So I guess just to start off with, for me, I brought this uh, eyebrow pencil. Honestly, for me, I, I know this is a very complicated subject, but eyebrows have always been the bane of my existence um it's like you know in, in the 90s like thin brows were a thing now thick brows are a thing so i've gone like on and off um and then when i i when i was living in the u.s i kept running into products that didn't like suit my skin tone or like my face and then of course like being pale and being white was considered beautiful with like long hair and i don't think anyone try to force that image on me but when you're surrounded by all these images you know it's, it's it's like a bit difficult to get away from and then when i got to korea i discovered like you know a food house and all these little gadgets which is great because they're meant to support my face but i didn't know like how to use them so yeah for me it's like a bit complicated and i feel like i'm finally coming to grips with it like now <laughs> decades later <laughs> uh, yeah so um, that that's me. Any anyone want to? <laughs> anyone wants to go next? So I'll go next. Um, I don't have it with me because I don't have it anymore. Yeah, I didn't realize we were supposed to bring them. It's just a podcast. with like the you know just the visual. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, sorry about that. But it's okay. We don't need to have it. It is a podcast, you're right? <laughs> sorry, Sabrina. <laughs> my imaginary eyeshadow. Ooh, um, very nice. <laughs> when I was younger, um, when I was going through my makeup phase, um, I was I tried foundation, which was not my shade because it was my sister's foundation. Um, but it was the dream matte mousse, so I really liked how it felt on my skin. Oh, and I yeah, felt I like that. I blended it pretty well, but I knew that we were two different shades. Um, <laughs> so I honestly don't know how I looked with it on. Um, I felt like I looked good with it. Um, but my go-to was like um, eyeshadow and um, eye pencils. I would wear like turquoise, purple, black. I was all for like this smoky eyeliner. Mm-hmm. I love blending my eyeshadow. Um, and that was just, you know, when your mom just buys you like cheap makeup when you're younger to try and like help you get into the, get into it. And like, <laughs> yeah. I really liked like trying different eyeshadows. I went through the Avon phase where I used to like order them out like the Avon catalog and get all pretty colors. Um, but then as I got older, I just wasn't interested in makeup. Like I was just so lazy, I couldn't be bothered. And the closest I've got to makeup now is just lipstick. And lipstick is my go-to and I still just wear lipstick. But when it was my birthday last week, I actually put eyeshadow on and like my friend gave me like her eyeshadow to match my dress. And I thought I actually really enjoyed this. And just why did I become so lazy and like give up just having fun with makeup? So I'd say um, eyeshadow definitely defined my beauty experience. Mm, interesting. Yeah, the photo did look nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, can you, Junina, did you want to go next? Yeah, yeah, sure. I've got two. I don't know if that's a bit cheeky, but I thought they were both (laughs) worth talking through. Um, One of them is is similar to Sabrina. So for me, it is uh, nude lip gloss, which I think probably dates it because we're talking about kind of early noughties. So I remember being at school when nude lip gloss was the thing, all the girls were wearing (laughs) it. And I couldn't understand why it didn't look, I mean, now I don't think it looks good on anyone, but I couldn't understand why it didn't look good on me, but it looked good on some of my friends. Friends. Yeah. And it really highlighted kind of for me, my skin color being different to some of my my classmates and having to find my own palette in a, at a time when, you know, all you want to be is popular and follow all the latest trends and things like that. So that was kind of my awakening moment of actually I need to be looking at different colors like maybe pillar box red lipstick is not for me maybe I should be looking at more plum tones and and you know things like that so that's that's one one piece um and my second piece is a bit more recent it's my afro comb because last year I took uh what I thought was a very brave decision and cut off uh 14 years worth of relaxed hair and I'm now embracing uh natural hair and um all of the politics that comes with that. Um, I feel like my hair has never been such a discussion point as it is now. Um, you know, I've, I've read about and I've heard about people, you know, don't touch my hair and things like that, but I never experienced it until I transitioned to natural hair or walking into a room and people being amazed that my hair is so different every day and just not really understanding why it's been such a big deal. Um, so those are my two beauty pieces. Mm, no that was great and uh hazel um mine is kind of related to yours claire um you maybe you can't see in this <laughs> video but i have really big thick black dark eyebrows and um if i don't use tweezers like every day you can see it doesn't look good i have to really like keep on top of them so even since i was young 
um I think tweezers like I don't feel pain anymore and I like I like my eyebrows like I like having big eyebrows but um, <laughs> it takes uh, it takes maintenance and I think the best thing actually is threading eyebrows I even learned how to thread my eyebrows but oh. I'm not that good at, I'm not that good at it and you you do need someone else to do it for you really but yeah tweezers because I think my eyebrows are like the biggest part of my face so yeah. Mm-hmm. I just say, I feel like this kind of segues into the next point, but you know, we as women, we endure a lot of pain points, I think, like tweezers. Yeah, they hurt, but we get over it. But mm. I like I'll like I think I tried to like pluck my uh husband's eyebrow hair one and he was like, I can't do it. Seriously, <laughs> we go through this all the time. Come on. Um so I think, you know, all of us mentioned different beauty tools, you know, different features, but it just goes to the point, like, we all have different ethnicities and backgrounds, but we have all these uh, (laughs) common characteristics, which goes to show that beauty is really politicized. And um, Janina, you mentioned um, the common theme of don't touch my hair. You know, that Mm -hmm. hits on so many pain points. But the other thing that made me think recently is when did I go from because you know when you're young you want to use everything you want to fit in but you have to realize oh my hair is different my skin tone is is different and then you um have to figure out what matches you and I feel like I didn't really start doing that maybe as of a few years ago like through Instagram on social media like seeing other people like me um, you know, use certain cosmetics or whatnot and seeing how they react if someone else tells them like, oh, can I touch your hair? Can I try this on, et cetera. So, but it, it took me a really long time. And I'm just wondering like um, for you three ladies, like when did you find that point in your life? And how did you get to that point? Um, I would say I didn't really get to that point until sixth form or getting ready to go to uni. Um, and that's because just where where I went to school, um, it was just not that very multicultural. Um, I was probably one of five in my year. Um, so like going to school and just being surrounded by people where, where they can't relate to you in terms of your hair. Like my group of friends, we all had the same type of hair. And I would say we all kind of, you you never really saw our natural hair in its natural state it was like rare mm-hmm. um i think the closest i got to kind of coming close to like my natural hair is probably um in braids so i used to wear braids um at school um i went through a weave phase and after cutting like about three inches off my natural hair i decided i can't i can't do weave because i'm actually <laughs> I, I love my natural hair when i'm at home Um, but when you're outside and you're out in public and you're around people, then it's like, you become defensive over your hair. Cause it's like, I love my hair, but I know you don't like it. Um, and I don't want you to look at me a certain way because of my hair. So like at school, it's like, if I straightened my fringe, I would pray it didn't rain and that the weather would hold until I got to school. Cause I thought if I come off that bus, 
um between the rain and everything like my fringe would just shrivel and it just i just thought oh, rain was like my biggest fear kind of stepping out the house if i decided to have natural hair yeah. out i thought does my coat have a hood do i have an umbrella is it going to rain today like yeah. i really i had to check the weather forecast before i did my hair because i thought the, the weather will kill my hair and if i go to school and like my puffs have shrunk it's just like, what am I going to do? So I would have a comb in my bag um, <laughs> so I could re-puff the hair. And those are things yeah. I went through at school. And even like mm. um, when I decided to cut my hair short, because mm. um, I went through a phase where I didn't relax it at all, um, put chemicals on it. Then I decided mm. I wanted it short, so then I put the chemical back on it. Um, and I think that's when I started to accept my hair, even though I was relaxing it. I wanted my the, the short style and the style that I wanted. Um, I couldn't do that without like pressing my hair every single day. And even though the, the chemical was bad, um, I had to do a lot of kind of trial and error with different hair products to make sure that the chemical wasn't damaging my hair. And it took so much maintenance just to have the style I wanted. Um, because of my hair and as I was getting ready to go to uni and kind of growing out of it, that's when I thought, you know what, I'm going to get to a point where um, I'm going to stop this. And that's how I ended up here today, Bold, is when I decided, mm -hmm. do you know what, I can't, once my hair goes, once I cut it all off, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to start fresh and there'll be no, no relaxer, go back in this hair again. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it takes, it takes a while for you yeah. to get there. Like when people say the big chop, the big chop, it's because like in, I would say, uh, in the black community when it comes to feel my hair having long hair is mm. like oh my god my hair has to be it has to be long it has to be straight and it's like it doesn't have to be long and it doesn't have to be straight you just have to love your hair how it is yeah, yeah. true yeah. that so, yeah <laughs> i totally feel you on the weather thing that is my life right now i only <laughs> go out when it's dry I actually Googled how do cyclists deal with cycle helmets and afros because my hair has got to the length now where the helmet doesn't quite fit properly if I've got it all puffed out. So, uh, yeah, that is a lived reality for many of us with afros. <laughs> oh, but, you know, because when I was younger, I would, my hair was already straight, but I would put my hair through that straightener and I just, oh, my poor scalp. Like, I would just do it anyway because I want, but I, I don't really understand like what I was trying to achieve. Like, why was I putting myself through that? Why were we all trying to, like, I think, yeah. um, one I thing think when you're young, oh, go ahead, yeah. the way that the way that beauty products are sold is that if you if you get this product, you will be beautiful. So regardless of what kind of base you're starting with, people want to buy this particular product because it made someone else look beautiful. Whether that's you know the wrong shade of um, foundation or it's hair straighteners, you know it doesn't matter people aren't looking so much at where they started from and what they can work with but they're looking at this kind of fixed ideal picture oh this girl has berry lips and she's beautiful so regardless of what color my lips are i'm going to make them very red and not really thinking about how mm. it works with with the rest of your face so i think similarly to sabrina it wasn't until maybe sixth form or like going into university that i thought actually 
beauty is about kind of enhancing what I have and making, you know, and, and, and highlighting what I have rather than trying to convert it to the fixed images that have been portrayed from whatever makeup company or Hollywood or whoever is promoting beauty these days. Mm, yeah, that's such a healthy mindset that I know it's simply it's easier said than done. It's just so of hard. Course, of course, of course. I mean, I shared um, a beauty clip of AOC to Hazel, you know, the representative. Oh, yeah. Of- yeah. yeah, she was doing her uh, it was her skin routine. And as we all know, those skincare makeup routine videos are so popular because we just want to know, like, how can we get your look? And I was just so fascinated that it wasn't a particular beauty video, but I found myself kind of like adopting <laughs> what she did. And honestly, like relatability and what you see is it's scary. Like you just immediately feel influenced by that. But mm-hmm. like when you watch that video, why did you kind of think like, oh, I should get back on my beauty routine now? Because oh, I was like, she's such a busy woman and she manages to take care of herself. And I mean, I'm busy, but I'm not as busy as her. And I've just, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like, especially in the last few years, I've really like become extremely lazy with makeup with, I, I mean, I use moisturizer, but I, I, I barely wear makeup anymore. And um, I don't really know how to make myself look good with makeup. Like I don't have the technique or the knowledge or anything. So yeah, it just made me feel like, God, I should really try and, make a bit more of an effort basically well I don't wear makeup at all and I haven't for about five years so I'm not mm. not looking to make mm. any effort in that regard I think <laughs> makeup is part of it but uh, for me I, I got rid of makeup because I was no good at it I was drawing ridiculous shapes around my eyes and I thought <laughs> you know what I've, I've got eye-shaped eyes so I'll just leave it at that <laughs> that's a thing actually that you two both bring up like why like okay the classic example interview right when we when you get ready for interview of course you i'm so i'm putting this in quotes on purpose dress nice then you mm-hmm. have to um you know put your face on but like why why is it we have to do that and hazel i know you said like oh i've become lazy but like I feel that pressure sometimes too. Like I'm not wearing makeup right now, but sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe I want to feel a little dressed up. And I kind of naturally thought, oh, that involves putting on makeup. Like it frustrates me that as much as we want to be emancipated from that, it's still that thought. Like, why is it like that? Um, so what what are your opinions on that? And I think I used to think like that for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think because I love clothes, and I love, I used to love all jewelry, but my go-to now is earrings. Mm. So for me, I would rather spend more time putting the perfect hour, um, outfit together than to put makeup on, which is why I think I've developed such an OCD for like getting ready and like putting together like a perfect coordination. Yeah, I, I think it's getting out of hand, the coordination. Um, no, never. But I'm just thinking like, if I was to do all of that and wear makeup, like it would be way too much. I think just adding makeup to the whole mix of what I already do is a lot. Um, but my housemate, because she's really into like um, makeup, living with her and like seeing her whole uh, skincare routine and everything, it's just like, you know what? It's not so bad. And it all started because she bought some like turmeric and honey um, soap. And I think it's got shea butter in it. 
Ooh. and um it said that it helps get rid of like your blemishes and like scarring um and like even out skin tone um and i thought oh being as you've given me a few um bit like bit of your soap and i'm going home for the weekend like my face it was just convenient that my face wash had finished and she'd cut the soap small enough that i could just take some home with me and i started using it and it actually helps like get rid of like the scarring that was like on my cheeks like they've started to fade a lot mm. and that was something wow. that even though i didn't if i was to wear makeup that's something i'd probably wear makeup to cover up is the fact that i've got scarring on my cheeks um and like on my jawline um but just how you can like improve your skin without having to wear makeup and like using aloe vera blending aloe vera and just putting aloe vera on your face before you go to sleep and just like the texture of my skin it feels so soft and it's so healthy and like i find that people that put makeup on to cover up the condition of their skin um it's like but you why don't you just improve your skin so you don't have to go through all of that and you don't have to spend so much money trying to hide something um that you can kind of work on to improve and i find that it does take discipline to kind of like appreciate yourself mm. um i think it's so weird to say that but yeah i think we're not used to kind of spending time to appreciate ourselves and the media doesn't give us time to appreciate ourselves it says this is like this is what you could look like if you did this yeah. and unfortunately we we do pick the easier option mm. um well, actually, that kind of segues into our second question. How is beauty represented or portrayed in your culture? Um, oh, my God, this is so I think this is really complicated. And I think like we talk about beauty all the time. We just do. And I'll tell you, recently I've discovered that skincare because I've always separated skincare and makeup. Um, like I'm into skincare. I'm just not into makeup. But. I know like for beauty, for, for this discussion, we'll kind of consider um, both to be a part of beauty. But I feel like now is like the the renaissance, I guess, because you you can like definitions of beauty are more widespread. Because like I said, when I was younger, it was like, oh, who's beautiful? Okay, that girl has long hair, fair skin. That's beautiful. But now I feel like, I, I don't know, maybe I'm being a little too positive. But I like to think that I think there are more, more representations. Um, but yeah, I know this is very subjective, but I think this is a really important question suggested by Sabrina. So um, uh, maybe uh, Hazel, did you want to, and start off with this one if you have any thoughts? And um. Can someone else start? I'm, I'm looking at I'm it. Sorry, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy, happy to start. I don't, I don't start. know. I don't know what my culture means. What does that mean? Like, oh, we left that vague um, on purpose. Actually, okay. I can't like, believe I came up with this question because I'm looking at it and I thought, who, who, who like, would come up with such a such a complex question? And they go, oh, so yeah, I want. I want to know what is my culture i don't know what, what does that mean my country or well, people who look like... similar to me or yeah i mean it, it could be like your people as it how you define maybe like your group of friends or it could be like literally your culture or it could be people who look similar to you or maybe like your office environment like you could interpret in multiple ways i think um sabrina when you suggested it i i feel like you meant it like who looks like you right yeah so um i think it's It'd be hard because I would say like in the black culture, but then you, if you was to break it down, 
um it's it's not the same um mm-hmm. like i would i would say that the way that beauty rep is represented in africa would be how it's it's different how it's represented in jamaica and like i'm of jamaican origins so mm-hmm. i think yeah wh- whichever kind of i would say there's levels to it so whichever mm-hmm. level you kind of want to you want to take it to if i was to talk i think i would probably generalize um instead of getting really specific just because i think we'd be of ages if i was to really delve into some of the things of how some of the ways of beauty is um, represented or portrayed um, um sorry to interrupt uh sarah should you are you with us yes i am hi did you want to hi. just quickly introduce yourself hi i'm sarah i'm a bit nervous about turning the video on <laughs> um so um just to quickly introduce myself i'm part of the introspective team as well a little bit off these few months because i'm on maternity leave and i'm really happy to have you all and um i was actually late because um i was putting my baby to sleep um sorry about that uh, okay to keep that's you okay waiting. Um, not at all. i was just listening in the first two minutes and thinking about when to join and not to interrupt anyone <laughs> uh, but i thought I, I'll just join in and see how it goes. Yeah, so no. yeah, <laughs> we can you. just keep going from this question. I was already thinking about what Sabrina just said. So if no one else wants to say at the moment, I would kind of just tie in what just Sabrina just said. Is that okay? Oh yeah. So I think Janina wanted to say something first, and yes, then please. should we yeah. do Janina, Sarish, and yeah. then um, Sabrina slash Hazel? Well, if if Sarah is continuing uh, Sabrina's point, I'm happy for for you to jump in now. I was I was going to talk about something slightly different. Oh, oh that's okay. fine. Okay, let's do that later then. Then, um, I was just thinking what Sabrina said about. I think it's different. This this question is a bit difficult in terms of culture. Culture is always, I think, interpreted differently by different people, and it it could be defined in terms of. Um, where you're from or your country, your, um, um, but for me, for instance, being, being from Pakistan, I would mostly refer to a South Asian culture, whereas I know that South Asia has very different, very difficult, uh, difficult in terms of beauty as well, but different um, views um, around beauty, whereas there are a lot of similarities as well across cultures. So um, I could only talk about my own experience um, and I would then, again, as Sabrina said, I would, it could be that I would make, would be making generalizations, but um, um, in terms of what Claire said regarding fairness earlier, that's always a, a big issue in South Asia, and that's something that I think would be appropriate for me to talk about right now. Um, it's, um, in South Asia, it's very 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 normal that you would bleach your skin you would um uh try to make yourself look fairer because fairness is associated with beauty and i think it's all it has some sort of um i think colonial history um because those who were in power were more were fairer and I think that's still represented in India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh that when you look at people who are more in quotation marks successful um, or have more money are more wealthy they are light and skin and they mm-hmm. get easier promoted they have 
better access to jobs or other types of capital, I'd say. Um, but, um, and I'd say the general population, they, they aspire to that. And even the words that are used, for instance, the word Gora is, um, it's, a, it's a Urdu and Hindi word, which is used for fair, fair as in, as in fair skinned. But it, the association of if you say someone is Gora, it means that they're beautiful. Um, and that's very heartbreaking because people who are darker skinned in South Asia, they suffer from that in terms of, again, jobs, specifically marriage proposals. That's always something that is very, very bad. Um, and um, um, all kinds of progress, actually. I keep talking, but that's something that I just wanted to chip in and mm. cause some conversation everyone <laughs> to think about yeah yeah no it is really important to, that, that's an excellent point um did you want to add i know you said you had a different topic janina but did you also want to share your thoughts um yeah i think i think colorism is is something that happens in a certainly in in my black community and in other black communities um i think the media doesn't help when it uh, perpetuates a lot of uh people of color that are all they all seem to be very light skinned like it's barely color as opposed to some of the you know darker skinned celebrities maybe don't get the same kind of beauty contracts a lot of lot of um beauty contracts for beyonce she's very light skinned i mean all credit to her i am a fan but very light skinned blonde hair um you know there are lots of darker women in hollywood and in the media that that don't get the same kind of exposure or, or beauty kudos as she does um, so I think that's that's an issue. Um, for me, I guess my culture, I, I've, I've said it before on the show, but I think my culture is a combination of my history, my um, environment, my um, where I feel comfortable. Um, I read that as a definition, actually, where you feel accepted, where you feel comfortable, where you relate to, that's all part of your culture. So for me, there's a little bit of that in um, particularly the south of England and London specifically, and there's a part of that in, in Trinidad where my parents um, were born. Um, so beauty standards there, um, there's a lot of pressure for the body in terms of kind of your body shape. Obviously, big butts are... Um, uh, desirable and that kind of hourglass shape um there's a you know you you have women referred to as thick so there's kind of a weight um a weight issue around there as well um interestingly the hair debate i feel is quite different in britain than it is from trinidad there's a lot more um pressure and stereotyping around women having black women having straight hair in the uk but i haven't found the same in trinidad i feel like natural hair is a lot more celebrated there people talk about braids and lots of very intricate styles with your hair whereas um i found in in the uk it's very much more about assimilation and make your hair seem as european as possible and people pay a lot of money to straighten their hair to wear extensions to wear weaves um, to wear wigs to to give the appearance of straight hair. Yeah, um, on on colorism actually, I'm not sure if you all have read it, but I literally just finished a book called Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett, and yeah. one of the twi- have you read it, Janina? Yes, yes. Oh I yeah, have. and 
honestly, because basically, I won't, I won't go into it, but it, it, it just, I don't even. It's just fascinating that one twin essentially could quote unquote get away with being white, but obviously, you know, it's more complicated. It's heartbreaking that she felt like she had to do so, etc. But I think uh, a common theme that has been slowly cropping up in our chat so far is trying to um, follow the European beauty ideal, which is also an American ideal, which I like to think it's changing, but is being fair, <laughs> um, mm. straight hair. And it's still, it's heartbreaking that it's still a thing. Though I was telling Hazel that um, there was a booth in Seoul. I, I don't know if you remember this, Hazel, but there was a um, tanning booth where you could get darker, but you could also go paler. So you have you have two oh. options for beauty, which is a bit oh, ridiculous. Um, so yeah, but just to continue on from your point, Janina, I feel like Sabrina, you were kind of like raising your hand a bit. Did you want to say something? Oh no, I'll let you go first. Oh no no I I was stunned. <laughs> that was it. That was oh no, um, yeah, I totally agree with what um, Janina said. Um, but I feel like with hair, I feel like when it comes to beauty, um, like in the black culture, I feel like in terms of like what's happening now with like your actual body shape, I feel like your hair's kind of taking a step back um, mm -hmm. from it. Whereas like I know growing up, it was the hair. I think body was yeah. really body was never an issue, yeah. apart from your lips. That was, and when I say lips, it's because we got made fun at when we were younger for our lips. And yes. I remember the boys at school making comments on our lips. Um, I think they played this game where they rated girls' lips and says what their what their lips are like. And the oh, comment wow. that came back to me, I just thought, yeah, I'm not trying to fight today, but it could have gone that way. It was horrible. So like when I see now the levels that some girls are going to for their lips, it makes me so angry. Mm. Like the fire yeah. inside, because I think you don't understand like what that yeah. what that did and yeah. i'm a big everyone knows i'm a big fan of anime and one of my favorite ones dragon ball z there's a character called mr i think his name is mr popo mm -hmm. and he looks like a genie he's black literally the color black oh and my, really got, and he's got red lips and his lips are just they're, they've over exaggerated them and if you look at cartoons like tom and jerry in tom and jerry you, you see the big black lady, you don't see her face, you just see her stockings and her feet. And that's the, that's the lady that keeps them as pets. Um, and I grew up watching Tom and Jerry. So when you look at different cartoons from when we were younger, the way they depicted us, they've never depicted us in a way that we like ourselves. But I feel like now the shift has definitely gone to like your, appear your appearance. We're proud of our lips. And yeah. that's why we're so defensive in the media mm -hmm. with my lips because it's like you don't know what that meant we're defensive with hairstyles because it's like people used to make fun of us for having our hair certain ways we used to get told off for having our hair a certain way there's a reason why we have people call them cornrows i call them cane rows i grew up with them. yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, whatever the yeah. hell they are yeah it's like <laughs> They're, like there is a history behind cane rows. They're not just the patterns. Now they're stylish, mm. but they were maps in slave times to help them escape. That's that's what mm. our hair meant. Like when they were taking food, they used to cane roll the rice grains into their hair to hide <laughs> it. 
when they were on the run because it's the best way to, to transport food. So there's a history behind our hair, which is why we're protective. Our lips, we can't change them. That's why we're protective over them. And like what people, and like the body shapes, mm. the way the media has become so obsessed with body shapes and Brazilian butt lifts and all of this, it's because the media is now portraying such an image and the lengths that I've seen women go to to bleach their skin. It's just like, that is dangerous. Like we're destroying our body with chemicals, whether we're burning out our hair through relaxer or bleaching our skin. And it's just like the media has never um, taught us to love ourselves. And now there's like this kind of, I'd say, a war, quotation marks, with colorism. You have, and I don't know who started it, but they, it's immature, the, the light skin and the dark skin, that kind of yeah. barrier. Um, and now it's like, you'll see a lot of dark women, um, dark skinned women online having to defend themselves and saying like, uh, I'm dark and I'm beautiful too. Yeah. Like I can be beautiful. And there's like such, I would say, I, I don't know if movement's the right word for it, but there's more of an aware awareness of um, dark skinned black women. And I think I can never pronounce her last name properly, but that's why I love the actress, um, Lupita. I can never say. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's but, amazing. Yeah, and like with the bold head as well, I'm just like, you do not know like what your image and the platform that you stand on does to not only dark skinned women, but black women in general, because you defy every, you're everything the media did not want um, in front of us. Because again, back in the day, if you were, you had to be so light as a black person to get on TV, which is why if you look at the Fresh Prince, look at Hillary and look at uh, Mrs. Banks, who look, they, they used to be um, dark skinned women that played them and they got, they got changed out. Um, oh, so, yeah. yeah, and there's other shows like My Wife and Kids. Yeah, uh, Claire. Claire was actually a dark skinned girl in the light, they light, they made a lighter. And there's lots of shows where they do that, or films. It's never the dark skinned woman that gets the Prince Charming or whatnot. Mm. So, Princess yeah. and the Frog, she had to be broke. She was a yeah, frog for most of it. <laughs> and a frog. The only thing that I can say about Princess and the Frog was that she was independent and she wanted to start her own business. And she did it, but they had to read. They had to make a come from nothing to get there. It's just like, why can't we start off on an even playing field? Yeah, I, I mean, a, I completely oh. just s salute and agree everything that you're saying, Sabrina. I'm kind of going like this in the background. <laughs> um, but the only thing I, I would add is it's funny how we talk about kind of changing perceptions of beauty and what's beautiful at what time. I remember when, um, you know, big lips became a thing. And who did they, who did they celebrate for having big lips? It wasn't the black women that have had black li big lips forever. It was Kylie Jenner. And I remember when um, Kim Kardashian brought out box braids, bought out box braids. I've been wearing box braids <laughs> since I was about three years old. So there's there's a, there's a bit of a disconnect between the, the kinds of beauty that you want to aspire to and that you want that the media wants to promote and the people who have them, you know, that a lot of the times the people that naturally have them are not celebrated and yeah. it's often people who have augmented to get them that are the ones that are eventually given the platform to promote it. Yeah, I know just to add to that, I feel like that's when there's like a blur between like cultural appropriation 
Um, yes. And it's like, I've seen loads of comments like, oh, um, black people need to stop being so defensive over this, so defensive over that. Um, wow. It's not ours to keep, we can <laughs> share. You don't have a problem when you take this and that from other cultures. The problem isn't that you're wearing box braids or that you've got big lips. The problem is that the media thinks that now it's acceptable because you've done it. If you was to say, oh, um, I've got my hair in box braids. This is where they like, I got this idea or I was inspired by this. Then maybe you would still receive backlash, but it probably wouldn't be as harsh as it is. But it's the fact that something that we've been, again, persecuted is probably too strong, but something that we've kind of like been laughed at and joked about you've just turned it into like pop culture when it's not like give credit where credit's due. It's like, it's like cheating off someone's paper without it's plagiarism. You're not, you're not referencing the source. You're just taking it as your own and passing it off. And it's like when David Beckham wore cane rose when he was a footballer and there was a big deal. Oh, he's got cane rose. Like, and all the boys were getting cane rose, but when we go to school with cameras, you, you want to point at us and, and make fun. But now the footballer on TV's got it. It's it's okay. Like, yeah, yeah. And there's never any context of where it where it comes from. Yeah. There was an example of um Gigi Hadid did a um a Vogue cover a couple of years ago, not UK Vogue, but I think it might be Italian, and she was wearing an Afro wig. And she looked great, you know, she 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 did her shoot and stuff, but You've got to think how many models with afros could have could have done that role who might have been better suited for that photo shoot rather than buy a wig, put it on someone who doesn't naturally have that and augment their makeup and everything to suit. So, you know, it is plagiarism, but you've got to think, are they actually taking opportunity by doing that? Are they taking opportunities from other people who who naturally have these attributes as well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think what is the most I, earlier you said um, persecute Serena, and I, honestly, I don't think that's a strong word at all. Um, I think it's a bit heartbreaking that um, you know you were the butt of the joke, and now the colonizer is taking that source and marketing and profiting off of it. And I know we're talking about beauty specifically right now, but honestly, what we've been saying, the same thing applies to food, <laughs> applies to music. Um, it just goes on and on. I just happen to believe beauty is very under-discussed. I think beauty is almost like kind of cast aside like, oh, but it's just makeup. Just makeup. It's fine. It's just a look. I'm wearing a look today that is predominantly, you know, big. It's a Kardashian look like, uh, I don't think so. But, you know, it's always been like that, hasn't it? And I just wanted to quickly mention just going back to colorism, like within my, I guess, like immediate references, lately when I watched like K-dramas, I did notice that the protagonists were dark, darker skinned. And at first I was like, oh, this is great. Like they're darker skinned. That's awesome. Because the whoever gets the role, like we mentioned before, they're always fair. <laughs> it's like the same story. But then I thought like, you know, it's like a little bit sad that I'm celebrating this drama because they've chosen a darker skin person <laughs> like it should be so much more to this than that um so yeah that, that's honestly like i agree with everything that you uh, everyone has said so far but i just want to add that bit um hazel did you want to hazel or sarah did you want to add anything before we move on to the 
third question. Mm, um, I just wanted to add, you guys were talking about the actress Lupita and I don't know, I feel like, I, I don't think I'm making this up. I think she wrote a book for young girls about yeah, she did. having dark yeah. skin. Is that right? Was that her? Mm. Yeah. So that I think that's great. She's yeah. doing things like that. Yeah. Because really yeah, young young kids are yeah, really um, impressionable. But is that yeah. the right word? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, what's are. going on around them. So it's like yeah. my goddaughter. Um, I make it active. Mm -hmm effort to kind of when I'm ordering her books um ordering her books so she can see herself reflected in the book and I think I got her a yeah. coloring book um and it was about her afro hair um and I made an effort I'm actively making an effort because I thought when I was younger um yeah I loved my hair when I was at home uh, but like when again when you're out in the public and even then to some degree it's like when you go to the hairdressers like the hot comb and things like that there's even the adults have it kind of like embedded in them and it's like if, from the way that they've perceived beauty growing up and and before we move on what claire said about k-dramas i think it wasn't until i started watching because i've always like watching things um producing like um from different countries and um, i think uh, i get bored of hearing the english uh accent <laughs> um sometimes so i have to kind of hear a different language um so yeah during lockdown i've watched a lot of k-dramas um and um I, again me and titles and names are awful is it my gang my idea is gangnam style beauty i think oh yeah gangnam beauty yeah yeah and it wasn't until i watched it that i realized like wow like perceptions of beauty yeah. like in other countries is like it's a lot and yeah. with that um show the girl, like the um, main character, she kind of went through like a whole kind of transformation um, before she went on to like university. And I thought, like, you're fresh out of six woman, you went through all of like, like in on our eight, over here it would be six form. And like, you're still yeah. pretty much like a baby and you've done all of this work. And throughout the whole show, they never showed what she originally looked like, which I'm so glad they didn't do that because of yeah. like, they, the, mm -hmm. how they portrayed her younger self and how she was treated at school. I thought, please do not actually show someone's face oh. to that person because just the negativity, I would just hate for them to actually associate it with someone. Um, but yeah, and just the way different people were treating her. And even though that was one show, there's themes across different shows of this whole ideal of beauty, how you should look, how you should dress and everything. And I just thought, wow, it is sad that this is, that this is just, it's around the world. It's just different yeah. levels. But it's of to it. us. It's always women. We, we always yeah. have to do it. Yeah. Not, maybe, maybe this sounds bad, but I quite like living in a country where all the advertising and everything about beauty, it doesn't relate to me at all. So I feel completely excluded from it and I can just stay out of it. Like it works in a different way. Like, I mean, I imagine like, yeah, in the UK, if you feel like nothing relates to you, like it's not good. But here, um, living in Korea, I there's so much pressure on being beautiful here, but those rules don't apply to me. So I can just ignore it. And just, even if I look really scruffy and messy, I just feel like I can stay out of this pressure, this specific kind of pressure. I don't need to participate. I'm just left out of it and just, do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? That's really, that's no. so interesting. Yeah. I was gonna ask how you feel 
separate from it and still very liberal because I'd argue that for me there's a lot of you know advertisement about beauty that doesn't relate to me but it's it's not a positive feeling that it doesn't relate mm. to me um so I'm just interested to hear I guess how you how you have that or, or where you get that confidence from to be like okay this isn't for me I am not defined by this I'm going to go on with with my way I think it's just because in Korea there's so much pressure I think on men and women it's really specific pressures about um the way to look whether it's being really pale or having your like yeah long shiny hair perfect makeup even plastic surgery and stuff there's just a lot of pressure from Korea on Koreans um I'm guessing I'm guessing I'm not really talking about maybe beauty advertising maybe I'm just talking actually more about social pressure from Korea on Koreans and maybe it's more of that so I'm just left out of social pressure rather than I'm being left out of the beauty narrative or something I think it's maybe more more a social pressure thing actually mm. now I'm thinking about it oh. but no I've had I've definitely had situations where people have sat next to me on the bus that I don't know students that I don't know have commented on how I'm not wearing makeup and I need to wear more makeup and I need to make more effort and blah 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 I've definitely feel sometimes especially when I first moved to Korea compared to living in the UK I felt more pressure to wear makeup and make myself look decent but I, I think I don't know I just got lazy and I don't care that much anymore but yeah with the other topic I think it's more a social pressure thing rather than mm-hmm. my reaction to being left out of beauty yeah um, advertising actually mm-hmm. Fair enough. Oh, I, I wanted to touch on sorry. something oh okay sorry sorry can I just, I just really just wanted to touch on something Sabrina said about, about hair, because I think um, I completely agree. There is this pressure that black hair is difficult to deal with. So a lot of women, you know, they're taught that when they're younger, and by the time they get to, you know, an, an age where they can make a decision, a lot of black women will relax their hair or wear braids and stuff because they already see, they've had years of feeling like their hair is too difficult to manage. And one thing that my mum did when I was really young is I had I had two dolls, two main dolls that I played with. One of them was like a regular baby born. And the other one was a black doll, which had black hair. And she actually, from a very young age, taught me how to braid, taught me how to plait, taught me how to... So I don't, I don't feel like I grew up with that same kind of, my hair is difficult to manage. But I see a lot of my friends kind of, some of them even now thinking about doing the big chop, but are absolutely terrified because they don't know how to manage their hair. And there's this... You know, we talk about the the different levels of black hair and no one wants 4C hair because that's the most difficult, the most difficult. It's not. You just like anything. You just have to learn to to manage it, learn how Mm. to style it and learn Mm. how to deal with it. And I wish more more black people would invest that time in the same way that people invest time into makeup. I know if I want to be a makeup artist, I would have to to learn where my contour lines are. It's exactly the same for (laughs) braiding hair. You have your three strands and you learn how to how to put them together. Um, sorry, actually, mine isn't about about hair, but um, it's really interesting what Hazel said is because part of the thing, I, I talk about this all the time, but what I just appreciate about, um, I, I think like standards of, of Korea, maybe as much as East and East Asia, is that skincare is considered hygienic. So if you are flaky, well, put some moisturizer on it. Whereas I think a lot of white men outside of Asia kind of tend to think that's high maintenance or go as far as to even label it gay, which is very problematic. (laughs) But 
when I used to visit Korea during summers when I was a kid, I'd just be surrounded by whiteness, like white actresses, white models. And it was very, um, it was just very scarring for me to just think like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not black, but I'm not white. And I think often race is talked about between those two dichotomies. So I think it, it's great now, you know, having Hazel speak about that as well to see like, okay, um, it seems like there are more representations through like marketing of like, you know, it's not just white people, it's like Asian people as well, which is great. That's excellent to hear. But recently, I don't know if you all saw this, um, and again, I know this is very intricate, but there was recently like a casting call that was that came out. I don't know if you guys saw it on Instagram, but that was essentially like, we need someone with pink skin and slanted eyes that hasn't been affected by plastic surgery and long, flat hair. And I thought, I can't believe that I still have to endure those those stereotypes. And I know we all do to a degree, but I think now when it's it's 2020 when a person of color inflicts this stereotype on another color community i think it hurts the most i don't know it hurts more i don't know if, if what you all think of that but i don't know i just wanted to add my thoughts to the mix i know we can go on about this forever it's it's like we have our own thoughts within our own culture our culture how we interpret it and then like worldwide but the common theme is always like it, it just results in like, it's just so complicated. Um, but I know Sarah also wanted to add something before we started to wrap up. Sorry. <laughs> um, I think there were so many interesting things going on. I'm just, I just want to say thank you to all of your contributions. I, I actually don't know where to begin. There were some things that I wanted to add to Sabrina's then uh, to Janina, then um, to Hazel as well. Uh, Janina. Uh, Janina. I'm so sorry. It's uh, uh, okay. <laughs> say it again. It's Gianina. Again. Gianina. There we go. I'll learn it. Um, <laughs> and um, I, I, I'm actually rambling a bit in my brain, but um, something that I wanted to get back to having the question next to, next to the screen is um, the representations when you guys were talking about when you, when you girls, uh, when you people... <laughs> Uh, we're talking about um, uh, film representations. Um, uh, the thing is, I, I feel like um, in terms of Disney or in terms of um, Hollywood, there might be a few changes coming. But uh, in terms of South Asian media, it's not like that at all. Um, I think we, I would say we, are definitely not at a stage where we have realized that colorism is a problem and even in um, um, Bollywood movies and Pakistani stage dramas and also TV dramas uh, it will the, the actors are white and if they are not white as in skin white not talking about white people um, they will be made to look white their, their makeup will look white and I'm, I'm talking about literally the color white Mm -hmm. and, and that is very frightening. I think that is very disturbing because that's all what youngsters, especially South Asian youngsters, are seeing, that in order to be beautiful and to be successful, you have to look like that. And it's still going on, and we're still not at that stage where, um, I mean, even if you look at the most recent Bollywood movies, 
the, the girl will will be young, will be fair, will be skinny, will be tall. Mm-hmm. These are the four ideals that will always reoccur all the time yeah. in the movies and the dramas. And um, from my personal experience, because my skin color is quite light for a Pakistani, I'd say, I, for example, never realized that I never had this issue, but my sisters, they are a bit darker than I am. They had to listen to all sorts of comments, even though they're not dark, um, which is not a problem. But um, that makes you realize that when you're lighter skinned, that made me realize in comparison to my sisters that I am in a position of privilege because I never had to endure any any sorts of mean comments or um, no, no auntie from next door would tell me I should use this and this product to lighten up. Uh, but my sisters had to. And I think um, I grew up in Germany and we didn't really meet any sorts of other, other cultures that much rather mm. than our own in our own community. So mm. that is very frightening and I think that's very concerning. So... Um, I don't have the solution for it, not at all. But um, we don't. Have. Uh, it's 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 still there, and and we're in 2020. Yeah. We're, we're and it's I, I can't see any sort of change happening until it happens in popular media, mm-hmm. and that reminds me of Bell Hooks because she kept dwelling on popular media being so influential on especially mm-hmm. young people that. The change needs to happen in popular media first, then it'll slowly start yeah. because popular media occupies so much of our life. Um, uh, so that was something that came up, came into my mind when when Sabrina talked about movies and. Um, yeah. uh, but well, there's more going on. But I think, <laughs> I think people who are lighter skinned and have a lot of success in terms of, they I think. They need to realize their privilege and mm. help others because that's not what's happening. We keep fighting. We have to keep fighting and ringing the bell. Hello, hello, we're here. <laughs> but um, that's not how it should be. It should be the other way around. Um, but yeah, um, that's pretty much. I think I lost my train of thought. But no, that, that um, was great. Some, <laughs> some of those thoughts that came into my mind. Um, in terms of hair, I think that was a topic that we kept talking about. Um, from my personal experience, because I wear a hijab, I don't really have a lot of experience in terms of visible hair. But I was um, I was always like looked down upon why I don't show my hair because I do think hair is for me personally a, a symbol of beauty in in any sort of shape or form or or design or style. Um, and that's why I chose to hide it. But I think when you choose to hide it or when you choose to only show it to, to women, or, um, then like um, even, even women, even women that I talked to when I told them this is the reason I don't show my hair, um, it, it was all, I, I was always looked down upon and um, almost made like I'm not a woman anymore. I'm not female enough if I don't show my hair. Mm. Uh, if I'm, I'm not beautiful enough if I don't show my hair. So mm. that's also something that is quite distinct from all the perspectives you all were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, 
um, it's quite interesting, I think. And um, I don't know what I would, what else I would say about this, but that's just something that I wanted to say. And uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah, that no, honestly, those are such important messages. And like you said, we don't have the solution. But just as we are, just as we wrap up, because this is also about love. Um, I think a lot of um, intense reflections have come about. So just to end, I thought we could go around in the order that we introduce ourselves and um, share how we practice self-care because that's also very important. Um, so not to put you on the spot, yeah. <laughs> Sabrina. Actually, actually, should we do Sabrina, um, uh, Junina, Hazel, Sarish, then me? Because I know Sarish couldn't introduce us in the beginning. Is that okay with everyone? Yeah. Okay, cool. So how do I practice self-care? Um, I think I listen to my body more. Um, I think you, self-care can be interpreted in so many ways, but I think um, I think the theme of my life for like the past few years has definitely been my mental well-being. So in terms of like self-care, it's just reacting to my body and feel, making sure that I'm okay and I feel okay. Because I know that if I'm feeling good in myself, then I'm likely to make more of an effort with my appearance. Like if I'm if my mood is low, then the most you'll get out of me is having a shower and just chucking on like joggers <laughs> or a jumper. And because we're working from home, it's like I've got I've got no reason to kind of look hundred percent makes me sound like a slob but um I'm not willing to be putting that much energy in but one thing that I've done since we went into lockdown is I always put earrings in like mm. at least once a day I have my earrings in at some point because for me that is like I would say that is how I express my beauty like I may not be able to go outside I've got no reason to be wearing jeans in the house I can't exactly do much with my hair and I don't really wear makeup so for me, kind of that little touch of kind of just still feeling like cute or beautiful. <laughs> like I feel like beautiful is kind of like makes cringy in that that sense. But just <laughs> putting my earrings in like today, I've just got my hoops in. And yeah. I know if I was at work, it would be different earrings for every outfit. But for me, self-care <laughs> is just kind of making sure I'm clean, having my earrings in and just keeping fit and healthy. Love it. That uh, Junina, um, mine's mine's very similar. I I've probably taken it a step further in that I probably dress up more at home than I did in the <laughs> office because now I get to wear the clothes that I want to rather than what's appropriate for work. So if I feel like putting mm. on a prom dress for a nine o'clock meeting, that's, that's <laughs> yes, what I will do. Um, <laughs> Um, I mean, at the moment with lockdown, it's kind of whatever fits right now, and, that, and that's okay too. Yeah. Um, I think I've just in, I've just really tried to embrace this freedom that comes with working from home. There are a lot of negatives, but one of the positives I had found is kind of freedom to express and to look. Um, you know, as long as all the essentials are covered um, for for a virtual meeting, then I can pretty much do what I want with my look, um, and there isn't really uh, yeah. And I'm not I'm not feeling that pressure to look a certain way or to compare myself to other people. Um, you know, no one knows what products I'm using. So it's, mm. yeah, there's been a little bit of liberation there with, with working from home. 
love it <laughs> so true um we expect to see you in a prom dress next time by the way <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> um hazel i think i'm not practicing self-care at the moment i'm in a bit of a mess <laughs> these days oh you um, did just move and you had a lot going on I'm too busy um but in theory yeah exercise helps the most out of everything so i really should do it more whenever i have like I notice if I exercise, I get less headaches and I just feel mm -hmm. better. And it's something I really need to do more often. The one thing that I manage to maintain, whatever happens really is making sure I have some time to go for a walk or yeah, just spend time outdoors or mm -hmm. be kind of in nature. And that's like, I think my most of all the things I need, that's probably number one, which is why I always seem to let that, make sure that happens yeah um, whereas everything else doesn't happen but that always <laughs> i always seem to make time for that in my day somehow or most days yeah mm. no that that's you're so right like we do need to we mm. should spend time outside that's so important mm. uh sarish are you actually oh. that ties in quite well because that's mainly what i try to do because i think there were a few days in um i think in just after lockdown when i had my baby i i was inside most of the time and that would kind of made me feel really depressive so I made it like compulsory on myself to go out half an hour at least once per day and that's mm -hmm. actually quite good because then I can just take the baby for a walk as well and it's just nice to get some fresh air even though it frizzles a bit but I think that is quite important to I think that taking time for yourself and saying this is my time now I'm going to do this for myself and giving yourself value because I think in that daily routine where you have lots and lots of things to do, work, uh, house chores, whatever, um, we kind of like what I tend to do is forget myself and uh, forget. Okay, I I need a I need a very relaxing shower and I'm going to take this time just for myself. And so whenever it was time for me, I would just rush and say, Oh, I'm just going to do this quickly. But I think it's really important to give yourself importance. Um, mm. and I think that helps with self-care for me it did for me it's just okay this is my time I'm going to do this for myself and yeah. self-care in that sense and um, I like to get ready in the morning just however mm. that might be even if it's just changing clothes or um, doing my hair like brushing my hair or whatever menial thing it might be but um, I think that kind of helps you keep going and I think spending time with people that you love staying in touch with people that you love and mm. my parents are quite far away than Germany so I try to stay in touch with them that helps me that keeps me going I'd say anything <laughs> that keeps you going yeah. I'd say but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean I I think I think for me what like ultimate self-care I know this sounds maybe this sounds a little bit uh, I don't know how it sounds but to do nothing because my mind is so busy i have so many lists in my head so i well we're talking about beauty so i feel beautiful and relaxed when i'm in my pjs just lounging no makeup maybe like a nice sheet face mask or like a face like a diy face mask doing nothing but i mean on honestly it's whatever whatever makes us feel good like all of you were saying and we do need to prioritize ourselves but on that note um thanks to everyone for contributing to this i know 
we probably barely scratch the surface and we all have like different um, experiences that we're drawing upon, which I think is part of what made this like really special. Um, and I know this theme is always talked about all the time, but I think it should be talked about all the time because it, like I said, it is very complicated. So just want to thank all of you for your time. Um, any like last thoughts before we wrap it up today? Oh, you're on mute, Junie. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, when's episode two of the Beauty and Love Talk? <laughs> Uh, hopefully, yes, we would love to continue I was, yeah. I was thinking that. I think yeah. that too, because there were so many things we just scratched on. Oh. We really need yeah, to yeah. to. Yeah. Would you be willing to come back on, Janina and Hazel and everyone else? Absolutely. Sure. I, I feel sure. like we could do a whole session on, on hair. I feel like there's, oh, there's, yeah. a whole, there's a whole piece on colorism there. Um, I would love to have a discussion about um who is perpetuating this like when i was yeah. growing up i used to think it was okay, it was yes. men and that beauty was all for for men but now i'm starting to think it's more competitive and it's actually women that are reinforcing this um sheriff mm -hmm. you talked about kind of aunties in the community perpetuating it for young girls yes. we talk about parents and how they raise us all of the icons that we look up to are females so like who is driving this mm -hmm. need for us all to to to, to want to look beautiful and want to look a certain kind of beautiful i'd love to get into that at some yeah, point deep dive that sounds so good yeah i think yeah that is definitely and I, also i think it would be interesting to um to talk about kind of the male side of things yeah just because we put so much yeah um kind of pressure on ourselves as kind of women but then there's kind of like this hidden pressure that's on men but like mm. if you talk about it you're, you're not a man kind of like you're de yes. you're demasculated or emasculated yeah my english is terrible um <laughs> for like a certain thing i looked at my cousin's nails and i was just like well, have you ever considered like a manicure and he was like i'm not getting a manicure why am i getting a manicure <laughs> oh, yeah. do, do you know that it's just nice to have nice nails <laughs> like what's wrong with a man having nice nice nails nothing yeah yeah exactly. oh my the first the first time i talked to my husband about hand cream he looked at me like i was from a different planet <laughs> so I, I just had to give him that ultimatum look if you want to be with me i like nice hands i don't care what gender you are <laughs> have me your hand cream yeah <laughs> Yeah, that, 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 that definitely looked like another episode. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. I'll um ask everyone for their availability. We'll take another deep dive into this. I'm sorry we went a little bit over, but honestly, it's it was okay. really hard because we could have just kept on going. Like it's just so interesting. Um, but yes, I will be emailing all of you. Um, thanks for this like uplifting <laughs> chat. I really Absolutely. love this. Nice to see it's you nice all. that like everything we've talked about there is that kind of commonality that this is something we're all struggling with and yeah. i think that's nice to be reminded of sometimes because i think about the things that i'm put down for for not being beautiful and hearing some of your challenges which are quite different but the common theme is that we're all facing this pressure yeah. um so yeah it is uplifting yeah definitely i mean i so we will all see each other again and do this again but in the meantime obviously please practice self-care have a great day and rest of the week and yeah we'll, we'll be back again bye thank you so much thanks for coming bye, bye.